talk about an emergency podcast right now. Usually we post on Tuesdays on our new platform on Spotify, thanks to uh, Matt and um, Max kind of telling us how to do all that kind of stuff. But this episode's special because it looks like the playoffs is beginning to cement itself. And I feel like all the information that we're going to be talking about now is going to be outdated tomorrow after all the games happen tonight. But uh, Darren, how excited are you with this doubleheader coming up tonight? I'm pretty pumped. I mean, I honestly, I forgot about it. And you reminded me. And when I when he told me that there was a game on at 5 o'clock, I was like, yo, all of these matchups, I mean, not all of them. Like, <laughs> no offense to Max and Adam, but their, their game's kind of <laughs> irrelevant. But, <laughs> um, like, my game – Chuck and Joe. Chuck and Joe's game is huge. Uh, you and Kenny, uh, Welch's game, and a little bit of Kev's game. I mean, it looks like Welch and Kev are going to win, but um, a lot of these games have big playoff implications right now. So I, when I saw that the game started at five, I was like, dude, like these games today and tomorrow, like they're they're big time. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, Darren texted me around like two o'clock, and he was like. Actually, I texted him because originally we were going to do a podcast tomorrow night because of all the games tonight, and I didn't want to, you know, record over a game. And Darren's like, oh, no, how about today? Like, at our normal time, I was like, dude, there's a game at 5. And he was like, wait, what? And then we were kind of just BSing about, yo, every Monday should have doubleheaders. But that's that's another conversation. So <laughs> with all these juicy, juicy matchups in the PDL this week, or I should even say just tonight, uh, let's just jump right into the appetizer. So let's break down some of the games. Of course, the first one I'm going to gravitate over to is going to be my own. I am currently playing Kenny, who is eight and four. I'm nine and three. It's, you know, you could honestly, I don't think it's a hyperbole to say this could possibly be a championship preview. I mean, Kenny has a great record. He has a fantastic team and he's actually uh, beating me quite handedly right now. But I know there's a couple more players at play, but I just kind of want to go over some of my frustrations I guess when I saw that Derrick Henry was going to be going up against the Browns you know the Browns have a good defense but you know they kind of play that ugly football that Titans do so I was like oh man like no one's going to be running away with it so that means a lot of runs because they're not going to have to deviate away from their game plan but uh, as I'm sure you guys know because the PDL group chat was lighting up yo Baker Mayfield man he is just what the hell was that? Like, the Titans are a good defense. It's not like he was up against, like, you know, the current Cowboys. Or, well, Cowboys defense are playing better, but you know what I mean. Like, just some irrelevant defense. He just crushed them. And Donovan Peoples-Jones and Darren, I'm sorry, man. The Browns are better without Odell. I mean, I was actually talking to Max about this earlier. He um, sent me a, a message. There was, like, a little – I guess it wasn't really a, a GIF, but it was, like, a little video of Baker, like, sliding into the screen – and he's, like, doing, like, the, the finger, like, camera thing with <laughs> yeah, Hollywood yeah. Higgins. And, like, he was, like, the swag is back. And I was, like, I mean, it's literally mind-blowing how Baker is better without Odell, one of the best receivers in the league. But, I mean, he is. Like, I saw um, earlier, I think it was earlier today, his QBR without uh, Odell or with Odell was, like, 58. And his QBR with Odell or without Odell is, like, 91 which makes yeah. no sense at all. It makes no sense. But, I mean, I hope that Odell gets traded because clearly they're both better off without one another because they just do not mix well. But, I mean, that that blow-up kind of led to um, 
Kenny's team performing as well. Like Corey Davis has like 30 points. Like Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for Baker blowing up, Corey Davis probably isn't getting 30 points. I mean, that's not happening on a normal week. I really but. like what you brought up, though, because, like, so many games in fantasy football, like, one – it has that butterfly effect. Like, because Baker Mayfield is playing so much better without Odell right now, which is kind of crazy, and they went in that huge lead, that means they didn't really – the Titans couldn't run very much to try to keep up with Derrick Henry, and he's not even their pass catching back, and he ended the day with just 4.4 points. But then kind of in the retrospect, what you were saying, Darren – now, that kind of led to Corey Davis popping off. He had 11 catches for 182 yards and a touchdown. And I was like, oh, my God. So not only does this suck for me personally because, you know, King Henry isn't doing anything, but now Corey Davis is popping off. And, of course, Kenny is starting him. <laughs> I know. And that game, it could – that game depends on what Kenny's seating is. So if Kenny beats you, if he holds on, so the rest – he's up by – 16 17 um he's up by a good amount right now mm-hmm. yeah he still has ben roethlisberger to play so figure he gets 20 points um that puts him at 153 that's actually what he's projected to be at right now mm-hmm. and then you have lamar and Mostert, um who are projected you're right now projected to lose by five points but can but can i, I also think... add how that's like the most hit or miss players that i could possibly be starting like it wouldn't surprise me at all if lamar jackson goes out you know after having covid after how poorly like, he's been playing all 10. season it just drops <laughs> literally like another nine points and i'm like oh awesome and he most could literally go out there two carries for like eight yards and then he like hurts himself and he's out for the whole game and i'm like oh nice i i'm pumped up i just got 14 points by you know my two guys left. but at the same time i wouldn't be surprised if lamar goes out literally drops 40 himself yeah and then Rohim mostert has one of those weird games where he had where he literally carries the ball like 13 times when he has like 142 yards and three touchdowns that's like so, all in the realm of possibility so i totally think that the latter is going to happen i mean buffalo's <laughs> run defense is not that great and obviously Dallas's defense is terrible. I think that this is going to be like the get-right game for the Ravens. They're just going to mm-hmm. just destroy Dallas. And I kind of just – I mean, I don't even think Lamar was activated yet from the COVID list, so he kind of has to be activated first before <laughs> any of this is even in effect. But mm-hmm. if Kenny holds on and he wins this game, Kenny's the two-seed. He has a first-round bye. If Kenny loses this game, he drops all the way to the five-seed. Damn. So it's huge for Kenny. Huge. He needs, I mean, for him, he needs Lamar to not play. Like, he's got to hope that Trace <laughs> McSorley gets in the game. <laughs> so I have two things to add then. Well, one, I felt bad because when we're kind of making a show doc for this episode, because it was kind of an emergency and we're kind of just going with the flow, I said, okay, we could talk about our matchups during the appetizer, but. Uh, I don't want to talk about mine too much because I don't really care about my match because I have the first seed, you know, tied up or I have it already. Like, it doesn't matter if I win or lose. Um, I already have that first round by. So I was like, I don't care. And then that's when Darren was like, no, no, Tommy, like, don't be greedy because you're also playing an opponent named Kenny. And he has a lot on the line right now. Uh, not only is he just fighting for that first round by, but like you said, it's a free fall from second to fifth. So in my personal opinion right now, kind of looking at what's left, I don't think I'm going to be able to pull off enough to offset uh, almost 20 points plus what Big Ben is going to get because I think Big Ben is going to have uh, yet another good game. I feel like he always has good games, even the one I 
actually, I feel like, what, last week he didn't have that great of a game. But still, um, you know, Pittsburgh is going to want to kind of bounce back and say, because they barely won last week, and I feel like that rumors of Pittsburgh not being able to, you know, win big when they're supposed to, and they always play down to their opponent. I feel like this is also going to be a game where Big Ben's going to say, all right, let's do this thing and kind of shut people up. So I'm glad that your prediction, though, has me winning because you're kind of thinking the only way I can lose is if Lamar Jackson is literally not activated from the list. Yeah, I mean, I could absolutely be wrong because, I mean, it's the Steelers playing the Washington football team. Not like they're like a – strong though i mean their defense is like pretty good but yeah if they're the Steelers are firing at all cylinders like they're not they're not stopping them so it's uh ben rossberger could easily have like 30 points and it could be over um but i am kind of rooting for you because going into to my game um has your game has an effect on my game because i need <laughs> kenny to lose <laughs> because if kenny loses and i hold on and i win which I'm projected to do right now. Yes, you um, are. You definitely are. So I have Deontay Johnson, Marquise Brown, and Brandon Ayuk left. And I'm up by 11. And he has Antonio Gibson. Josh does. Um, so I have about, I guess, 30-ish points on my bench. And unless Antonio Gibson has another game like last week, which I doubted against no um, Pittsburgh. No way. Um, that's like, say, 15 max, 15 points max. So, I mean, I'm probably going to hold on to win. So if I hold on and win and Kenny loses, then I get the two seed and the first round bye, which I would love. <laughs> so I'm rooting for you big time. <laughs> so actually, you gave me something to root for now because if I end up winning or it looks like, you know, Lamar's popping off, I'm not even going to be like, oh, Kenny, eat shit. It's more going to be like, yo, dare. Welcome to the first round. Bye, buddy. I'm doing this for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be huge. do it for the co-host. <laughs> it would be huge because then I wouldn't have to worry about. So the six seed, if I'm the three seed, the six seed, it's looking like it's going to be Joe. Or I mean, sorry, looking like it's, it's going to be Chuck. Chuck's projected to win right now. Um, I know that who put in the – was it Max that put in the chat earlier that um, – yep. If you go by last week's projections, yeah, yeah. So if you went by last week's projections, Chuck would lose. But right now, Chuck's projected to win by like 15. So I'm assuming that Chuck would hold on and win. Um, you know what? Because you're already talking about it, that is going to be the main course. So actually, let's just dive right into that. So the game you are referencing is what I am saying is the biggest game of the season. No, the biggest game in PDL history. That's what I'm <laughs> hyping it up to because the defending champion may miss the playoffs. The one who you and I pretty much hand-selected at the beginning of this year saying, yeah, he's probably going to end up winning the league. He's going to repeat. His team is unstoppable. He might miss the goddamn playoffs. And the man to stop him is fucking Joe. I fucking love Joe as it is. And so I'm sure you've seen all the, you know, weird promo videos I was doing and Max dropping some funny photos with dodgeball references and whatnot. And so, oh man, I was so hyped for this. And it actually looks like it's going to have a pretty decent finish. But there is one glaring mistake that I saw that Joe made 
Not, not that I'm saying it's a mistake, Joe. Not, not saying that, but questionable decision that he made. Darren, do you know what I'm referencing right now? Yeah, I, I think you're referring to him starting Zach Pascal over um, <laughs> T.Y. Hilton. I think that's probably what you're referring to. <laughs> that would have that would have locked up the win. I think that would have secured the win for him because that would have given him 20 more points. So right now he'd be winning, and he would have Debo Samuel and Dalton Schultz, and Chuck would only have Stephon Diggs. So I think with just that one change, which I mean, has Zach Pascal been like good this year? I don't. I was just gonna say, Joe, no, he, he, I'm he talking hasn't. to you directly right now. I understand not having faith in Ty, but like he just had a good game beforehand. But you're like, oh, it could be a one-time thing. But Ty also has a history of just popping off against Houston. Like I, I listened to so many podcasts, but I think when they extrapolated all the games that he only played Houston, I think is actually a 16 game season it's something nuts like he almost has like 100 receptions for over 1500 yards and all like 20 touch not that many touchdowns but he just pops off all the time so my mindset is okay in joe's head you know he still doesn't believe in ty so far he only had one good game this year and it was last game so you know will he be able to go back to back who knows so then i understand wanting to like keep him on my bench just in case but it's who you started. Zach Pascal's on the same fucking team. <laughs> yeah. He, I get I get the logic. Um, yeah. I think Zach Pascal, he was what his thinking was probably that um Zach Pascal is the safer bet. Um looking at his last few games, he averages about I mean last game he had three points the game before that he had seven before that he had five so he averages about five points a game so maybe he was like i'll get five points from zach pascal and on the other hand i could get zero from ty hilton and usually the zeros are crushers so but let me raise you since week 10 and to put things into reference this past week was week 13 obviously so in these games, he actually had more than five. He had six points, then five points, then 16 points, and then last yeah. this past game, he dropped 21. So it's I understand that goose egg fear, but for like the past like five weeks, he hasn't dropped a goose. And if anything, he's always consistently gotten me over five. And this is just coming after a game of scoring 16. So once again, I understand, but like if anything, if you look at TY's log it's increasing. It's getting better. So maybe he's getting more comfortable with Phillip Rivers because Rivers likes a third of the big body guys. And so maybe he just wasn't adjusted to T.Y. Now it looks like he's hitting the groove. So ah, it just kills me inside. I think I'm only being extra critical because just knowing in the back of my mind saying, damn, if T.Y. started instead, I feel like it's, I mean, of course there's still a chance. There's always a chance, but like it would look a lot better for Joe right now. Like what would you say is his percentage right now of winning? Um, I mean, he's got a a decent shot, you know. He's 30, 30 25% maybe. Um, yeah, and just to put it into reference, it looks like Joe is down by 15 points. Chuck still has Stefan Diggs to play, one of the best wide receivers uh, this year. And uh, Joe, on the other hand, being down 15 and up, up against uh, Stefan Diggs, he still has Debo and Dalton Schultz. So you're right, it's not over but it would needs, be a lot nicer if you had T.Y. <laughs> yeah, say um, say Stefan Diggs and Debo cancel out, which probably they'll be about the same. He needs 
Dalton Schultz to get like 15 points. And that's Which, in the um, realm of possibility because it is, but it's not super likely. <laughs> so the best scenario would be Dallas and Pittsburgh somehow get into a shootout. Oh no, no, it's not Dallas, right? Uh, it's Dallas and Baltimore. Baltimore, that's it. Yeah, so Dallas and Baltimore is obviously going to be a shootout because, I mean, they're just going to have to keep up. But over for Mr. Joe's case, he's going to one, like you said, Debo is going to have to break even with Stefan Diggs. But at the end of the day, when Dallas goes up against Baltimore, they're really going to need to be a shootout because – Mr. Red Rocket's going to have to feed Schultz. But I think on the bright side, I feel like Schultz does get his fair share in that offense, right? He does. He's actually, I mean, he's pretty solid, but he's going to, to reach that 15 mark, he's definitely going to need to get a touchdown. Yeah, he's, he's 100% going to have to fall into the end zone at least once. So, yeah, 25%. I, I say I would, I would put it lower, maybe, maybe like 15%, 10%, but... Hey, we're yeah. all Dalton Schultz fans tonight, okay? That that's I that's what I'm feeling <laughs> like relieving this at so far. But um, is there any uh, other games that you kind of wanted to talk about besides that big matchup tonight? Um, I mean, I guess we could talk a little bit about um Welsh's game. I mean, we don't really have to touch on Kev's game. Kev, mm-hmm. Kev, I think might be locked into the four seed. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure Kev is locked into the four seed. So, and he's gonna beat. Jensen, obviously. Um, <laughs> and, but Welch we plays um, Welch plays Sir Voss right now, and he is going to win. But Welch, depending on how the other – like, Welch doesn't really control how, his own destiny at this point, but he could either be um, the three seed if I get this first round by, or he could be in that same five spot where he's at right now and play Kev. Um, so we could have some different matchups just based on kind of based on your game. <laughs> like that's the, uh, that's the whole thing there. I mean, your game will decide where Kenny, me, um, Welch, where we all land and who we all play. And then Chuck and Joe's game depends on who the six seed is. So it's kind of crazy. The, it's literally coming down to the last like three games of the week. I think that definitely talks about the different types of parity and stuff and how, you know, we think some teams are top heavy, but the top heavy teams that we thought would dominate is barely making the playoffs. I think it's really, really cool. But all I'm getting out of this podcast so far is I have a lot of fans of my team this week. <laughs> a lot of people are going to be watching my game and be like, oh, come on, Tommy, I need you to fucking win. <laughs> I, I want it just for the narrative, honestly. I mean, I, I would love to have the first round by. That would be great and everything. But I want to see um, – I kind of want to see Chuck win just so I can get the rematch of Chuck versus Welch from the championship Ooh. game last year. And then we can get a rematch of the Kev Bowl – or the, the Yao Bowl, excuse me. We can get the Yao Bowl part five or six, whatever it is. Don't so you maybe fucking Kenny dare can get a make win. me start rooting for Chuck making it into the playoffs. <laughs> It would be good for the narrative. Like, TV would, would love Chuck to win. TV, like, for the ratings, Roger Goodell, he'd be cheering <laughs> for you <laughs> big time. <laughs> he would want Chuck and you to win. Roger Goodell will be all on that because he wants that for the ratings. Oh, my God. Actually, now that you talk about having that Yao Bowl, having the uh, 
championship repeat, I guess, or when they uh, match up against in Welch and Chuck in the playoffs, I-, I feel like you're right. I almost do now want to cheer for that. But, I mean, for my own team's sake, I can care <laughs> less because I want to win. <laughs> so I still very much am pushing for you, Joe. Don't you worry. I'll always be pushing for you. All right. Now for the final part of the show, I always like to kind of change things up. And so, Darren, I kind of wanted to ask you, everyone here knows that we're big, crazy football fans, but I kind of wanted to get to the origin story of how we became football fans. Um, I know I was a late bloomer to football. I, I didn't, you know, pick it up. And I'm, I think I kind of picked up closer to when I was like in middle schools when I started to really watch more and more and even kind of figure out the rules. But I kind of know a little bit about your origin story. My guess is I think, um, for those of you who don't know, uh, obviously we're all big Philadelphia fans, but Darren has been noted to be a big Patriots fan, like growing up when we were kids and even now a little bit. But so my guess is, because I know a little bit, so I don't want to spoil it, but okay. So my guess is you became a Patriots fan to just go against the grain and just piss people off because, you know, when we're, like, in middle school, that's kind of our thing. And you grab and you just randomly pick the Patriots, and then they just started to happen to start getting good at that point. So you're like, oh, shit, maybe I should start watching football. But it wasn't until – one thing I also know about you is you're a gigantic Michael Vick fan, and you actually have a hilarious Michael Vick uh, story with Matt Schaub and the school you went to. But I, I knew you were a big Vick fan. And so my guess is the Patriots lured you in. You're like, oh, they're kind of doing good. I should pay attention. But it wasn't until Mike Vick came into the picture where you're like, holy shit, this is like, I'm going to become a degenerate and join a dynasty fantasy league that's going to have its own podcast because that's how many layers they're going to have. But uh, tell me your origin story. Was I close? Pretty close. I mean, um, the way I got into the Patriots was, um, I think I was probably in like first grade. it was like 20, 20 years ago, I guess, because it was um, the very first Super Bowl that the Patriots were in when they beat the Rams. Um, I was like seven years old, I guess. And um, I remember watching the game. And I, I mean, I didn't really know anything about football at that point, like at all, for the most part. And there was the two teams. And I remember we were watching the game. I think it was at one of my dad's friend's house. And to get me like into the game, he was like, you got to pick one of the teams to root for. And I was like, well, I like the blue, the blue team. And I mean, they were both blue, but like I wanted to, to cheer for the underdog, which was the Patriots surprisingly at the time. Um, and they pulled off the win. So since they pulled off the win, I kind of just stuck with them forever, not knowing, having any clue that they would be one of the best teams of all time. But um at the time they were the underdog and that's when I picked them and (laughs) so it was either I picked the powerhouse that turned into a shit show for 20 years or I picked (laughs) I picked the the underdog plucky upstart shit show that turned into a powerhouse it just was one or the other um honestly if I picked the Rams I probably wouldn't have followed them as as closely (laughs) as I did for for 20 years but maybe um, you wouldn't even be as big of a football fan who knows I, I might I might not have been but like you said, um, I kind of followed it like here and there, like not like totally until probably um, till probably like fifth, I want to say like fifth grade, maybe. Um, I think that's about when like 
uh, Mike Vick came into the picture mm-hmm. and I was like obsessed with Mike Vick. Like I had like his football cleats, like I, I loved Mike Vick, like just watching <laughs> him. He was like incredible to watch. It's just like the stuff that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just like, that was really what got me into being as big of a fan as I was, is just like watching Michael Vick and being like amazed at like the stuff that he was able to do. Um, so that was really like what put it over the edge. And then like, obviously like when he went to jail and everything, uh, I was pretty, <laughs> was pretty devastated to say the least. Um, I was like, literally like heartbroken that like he would do something like that but like as I got older I know that it wasn't really it was like more so like his upbringing and like he's done everything he could to um, kind of make amends at this point and he's he's I mean he's only human I guess and he honestly it seemed like he didn't know like what he was doing was wrong which is kind of insane but Mm -hmm. it's just like everyone around him did it so that's what he did too um but yeah, that was really like what got me into it was Michael Vick. I think without Michael Vick, I don't know if I would have been in it as into it as I was. Like I can remember um, when after Hurricane Katrina, they were playing this. The Saints were playing the Falcons. I think this might have been when Michael Vick was in jail, but I still followed the Falcons for a while. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and the Saints beat the Falcons and I remember I was so incredibly mad that the Saints were because the Saints were pathetic at that point that was before yeah. Drew Brees like they had Aaron Brooks starting quarterback like they were <laughs> and they were crushing the Falcons crushing them and I remember my mom came downstairs and she was like what are you so mad for and I was like because they, they're rigging this game it's bullshit they're rigging the game they're, they want the feel-good story of the Saints winning in their comeback game so they just rigged it and then they're just crushing them and I was so mad <laughs> There's no other explanation. The Falcons aren't bad. It's fucking rigged. It was. It was, it was my conspiracy theory as a 11-year-old. <laughs> but um, clearly it wasn't rigged. But I, I just told myself it was that for probably about a couple of years after the fact. <laughs> it's just funny to be here just because I know you're obviously – you're just a big sports fan in general. That's why I look up to your opinions a lot because I know it's well-based, not just casual, but uh, when it comes to like the NBA and things like that, like who knows? What if you did pick the Rams and then you're like, oh, you know, they're not as good anymore. And then let's say Mike Vick just never happened. Then I feel like you, you know, who knows? Maybe you'd be a much bigger basketball fan or a baseball fan or whatever have you soccer I know we both love soccer but it's just crazy to know that there's so many different variables where you're like yeah so it kind of started with this whim on the Patriots just becoming the best sports dynasty ever and then uh Mike Vick the most based or best skilled quarterback I guess like physically gifted I should say yeah like electric yeah electric that's great but um and so I always heard that story in bits and pieces, but it's so cool to just kind of be able to like understand oh, yeah. why. I forgot to tell the, um, the Matt Schaub part that you. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so uh, me and Matt Schaub went to the same high school. We're from the same area, so before I went the to transfer um, into our high school. By the way. Yeah, yeah. Before I before I transferred. So now they know the full Darren story, dude, from <laughs> where you were and how you ended up with the yells and us. Anyway, sorry. Go on. Go on. <laughs> So um, I went to Fugit and Fugit Middle School in Westchester, and that's where Matt Schaub went to. And then later I went to Westchester East High School. Um, and 
Matt, Matt Schaub. Um, I heard from every single teacher because I would wear like my Mike Vick jerseys because I had three Mike Vick jerseys, one in every <laughs> color, one in red, white, and black. And I would wear them all the time. And all the teachers would be like, hey, you know, Matt Schaub went to, went to this school, right? And I'll be like, yeah, I know. Like literally everybody has told me that. I don't care. He sucks. Like I could care less that Matt Schaub went to this school. Like if it was like a good quarterback, sure. All be all about it. Like I get, I get it. He's an NFL athlete, but like Tom Savage went to Cardinal O'Hara up the street from me and he's who cares? Like Tom Savage is one of the worst quarterbacks ever. Does that, is that like a, a thing that you want to like promote that like Tom Savage went to this school? Like, okay. A fringe, NFL player went to this school. I'm sure that there's a lot of them in high schools all across the country. And I know Matt Schaub is somehow still in the NFL right now. Like 20 years later, he's still hanging around. I don't know how he's doing it. Dude, your high school is just having an (laughs) orgasm. Yo, you know Matt Schaub went here, right? (laughs) They probably still tell kids that now. Like I'm sure that um, because actually Matt Matt Ryan is from the same area. He went to Downingtown. so I'm sure that there's kids that wear Matt Ryan jerseys and they tell them, hey, Matt Schaub, like 15 years later, they're still telling the kids the same thing. It's like, dude, oh my God. Like I could see if it was like a starting quarterback. Like if it was like, even like, I don't know, Kirk Cousins. I was know? literally going to say Kirk Cousins. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's something to be proud of, I guess. Like you got a, a top 16 quarterback that went to your high school. That's pretty cool. But like Matt Schaub is top 50 maybe if he's lucky like I don't know I'm sure that there's like third string quarterbacks that are better than like I'd probably I'd rather have CJ Beathard than freaking Matt Schaub as my backup quarterback and he's the third string quarterback on the 49ers like, I feel like we just opened up a wound and everything is now I, spilling out and where you're like god I fucking <laughs> hate Matt Schaub so much all this pent up aggression it's not, it's not that I hate him it's just like if I cared that Matt Schaub went to this school wouldn't I be wearing a Matt Schaub jersey instead of a Michael Vick jersey like a, I don't care like you don't have to tell me that Matt Schaub went to school because I'm wearing a Michael Vick jersey because he's his backup quarterback what does the hell does that matter to me I don't care knowing the teachers <laughs> there they probably just thought you were a Falcons fan because of Matt Schaub and you're like oh did. nice <laughs> he just doesn't have his jersey but he's a Falcons fan because of Schaub and that probably were, that's when you're like no this is where I draw the line <laughs> Matt Schaub sucks yeah it was terrible they they it's like a constant reminder, but I know, I think you're, you got into football because of um, Hugh Douglas, right? That was the Jersey. And you, you were like, I got to get an Eagles Jersey and you got the Hugh Douglas Jersey. And then, and then came along um, Devin Hester. And that's what really sparked the love for you. All right. All right. You're, <laughs> you're, you're close. You, you, you got good parts. All right. I'm about to name drop a lot of people here. Maybe I shouldn't, but I will for the Delco guys who know. So I'm in elementary school. By the way, English is actually my second language. So imagine a really overweight, obese first grader who doesn't know how to speak English, just trying to fit in. Like, I don't want to get bullied. I'm already getting bullied enough. And I'm in first grade or second grade. And I'm like, okay, I obviously have to learn this language better. So I don't get picked at for an accent. And okay, all the guys like football. So now I got to like football. And this is when the Eagles were like going to the Super Bowl. Uh, I think it was like, what, 04, 05, whenever they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. And so 
are, you know, elementary school, you know how teachers are. They're so corny. They're like, oh my gosh, Eagles are doing, you know, this is when the Eagles were considering going to NFC Championship game, but because they made the Super Bowl, they're like, oh, we have to have like an Eagles parade. Like everyone in this school should be wearing Eagle stuff on this day for an awesome picture for the yearbook. And I was like, great. I don't know anything about the Eagles. I didn't even know that was like Philadelphia had a football team at the time. And so I am at Marshall's with my mom because one, I, I also grew up really poor. And my mom calls Matt Dobbins's mom because they're both in the PTO. And they call saying, all right, who on the Eagles jersey should Tommy get? And the first fucking name they say was Hugh Dobbins. They didn't say Brian Dawkins. They didn't say Westbrook. They didn't say McNabb. They didn't say, you know, all these fantastic players. They could, or Jeremiah Trotter. None of these guys. He said fucking Hugh Douglas. So... No, now knowing what the rosters were now appreciating football i'm like why would hugh douglas be the first goddamn <laughs> name that they say but anyway so we got a uh, hugh douglas shirt actually like one of those replica jerseys and so you know so i was saved i was fine i fit in blah 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 blah. now let's start to fast forward uh my dad actually had headquarters from work in chicago so growing up when i was a little kid he would just bring a lot of like little chicago knickknacks like cubs things bear things blackhawk things so growing up there and i don't know how much you remember but i also grew up to be i think you probably knew me as a devin hester fan before i was a bears fan but it was actually the reverse I liked the Bears before Devin Hester even arrived in the picture. So growing up, I obviously liked the Eagles growing up in Philly, and I was also a Bears fan, which is weird because now knowing that they're both in the NFC, that doesn't work. But like I said, I was just growing up, I didn't really know football. And it was the year when the Bears went to the Super Bowl against the Colts. I think we were in middle school. Once again, I kind of watched football. I didn't really play fantasy. Um, I didn't, you know, I, I would just watch casually so, you know, I could kind of fit in. And now fast forward to the Super Bowl. Of course, I was a Bears fan, and I was a big fan of Devin Hester, that rookie that we drafted that year. And then when he returned that kick in the Super Bowl against the Colts, against Peyton Manning, which I'm Darren, you know, shamelessly, he's probably my yeah, favorite quarterback of all boy. times. Yeah. So against my favorite player at the time, Peyton Manning, this rookie just pops off and returns – the opening kickoff of that was the most gangster thing I have ever seen in my life. And I remember I was at Jake Barron's house. That's where we all got together to watch the Super Bowl. Uh, there was a bunch of guys there and we were freaking out. So that was kind of my origin story of holy crap, football is amazing. So ever since then, uh, of course, now that I know more about football, uh, I don't like the Bears don't hold a special place to me, even though they're kind of like part of my identity during school but that's just when I didn't really know a lot about football but yeah kind of like with that Mike Vick thing for you that was Devin Hester for me and so I'll, I'm gonna go to this is the mountain I'm about or a hill that I would die on is Devin Hester when he retires he should absolutely be in the hall of fame I'm not saying first ballot not at all he's a special teamer but I'm saying eventually before he dies his ass better be in Canton I, I mean, I agree. He's one of the best, probably the best uh, special teams returner um, ever. He's definitely the best punt returner ever. Um, but, I mean, I can still picture that, that Super Bowl kickoff, the return that you're talking about. I can still picture it with, like, all the cameras oh going God. off and everything. It was crazy. And then he returned the opening kickoff. Fortunately, they had Rex Grossman at quarterback, so um, <laughs> they didn't win the game. But it was a cool, it was a cool start for them. It was crazy because I remember the lead up because 
obviously we know there's two weeks from when you know you're going to, or what, the championship game to the Super Bowl. There's two week downtime. So the media day and everything, they would always talk to Dungy being like, oh, that rookie Hester, are you going to kick it off to him? But it's like a fucking meme. Like, there's no way he's going to kick off poorly to give them grief. Yeah, well, I mean, they do have Rex Grossman, but I was like, okay, they just keep talking. I keep talking about, and then they actually kicked off to him. And then, oh my God, that was actually the background of my, uh, desktop at home for the longest time and Eunice and I would get in fights all the time because they just want it like the normal like you know like pond or whatever the default like that green hill from Windows XP that background and then every time I logged in I would just switch it back and Eunice would be like what the fuck I'm like just enjoy it it's beautiful <laughs> so yeah An iconic moment in my life <laughs> <laughs> that that was like my coming of age moment and that's if it wasn't for Devin Hester, I can absolutely guarantee I would definitely not have gone into football as much as I am now. Like, you know, I would kind of like watch it here and there and just know enough, but definitely not to the point where I'm a commissioner for a league connecting guys from across the country. Like, this is so cool. But you have Devin Hester to thank for that. So just another reason why I should be in the Hall of Fame, because I'm obviously the GOAT commissioner. If it weren't for him, this this wouldn't have been happening. And honestly, I don't know if we would even be very good friends, Darren. I know a lot of our friendship kind of stems from the fact that we're so ridiculously into football. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of right. Like, I mean, I, mean, you, I know that you and Kev used to play, like, Maple Story and shit all the time, but, like, <laughs> I don't even know what that is, so I wouldn't be talking to you about that. <laughs> greatest game of all times <laughs> yeah because it's it's pretty crazy because like most of the time we talk we talk about football and stuff so it's like I literally at one point your name in my phone was Devin Hester and like <laughs> this is like when this is when we like first like became friends like after you push Kev's books on the ground and I like had your name in my phone as Devin Hester and I could not remember your name for like 20 seconds. And I was like, what the fuck is his name? <laughs> oh, it's that fat Asian kid that talks about football all the time. There we go. It's Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, the whole, like, because it's not like the only, you're not the only person that did that. Like literally um, Quinn or Quinn, mm-hmm. he, his phone, his name in my phone number was just Quinn. And I couldn't remember his first name. And I was like, what the fuck is his first name? <laughs> I feel like that happens a lot. Uh, that happened to me before uh, a long time ago when we were in uh, middle school, high school, I would always do pick up football games with all our friends. You know, Kramer, obviously. Our, Kramer had this awful tendency of not answering his cell phone, or maybe we were too young at the time. He didn't even have a cell phone. All I know is uh, I reached out to be like, oh yeah, if you want Kramer to come play football to meet us at the park, you got to call his house. And I was like, all right, that's fine. So I called his house and his mom picks up and I was like, hey, is Kramer there? And then I was like, oh shit fuck, wait, what's his first name? Because Kramer is his last name, but literally everyone ever that has his uh, Xbox gamer tag was call me Kramer. Like that, that was literally his gamer tag. So everyone calls him Kramer. And then I had to kind of do like what you said. So I was like, Oh, John, John. Okay. That's his name. Is John there? And, but the mom was laughing because everyone knew that we called him Kramer. But at the time I felt like a moron, but (laughs) <laughs> no, you, you, you're right. Uh, and everyone in those days, like I would say people like as like Batman or just like random names. Cause you know, we're kids. We think that's, funny. Yeah. We, that makes us cool. Yeah, I know. It's funny. Cause it's, cause that's like back when your, your gamer tag was Devin Hester and everything. It was yeah, like, yeah, it was like our yeah. identity. It was crazy. But one last Devin Hester story I had, uh, Darren, this is a more intimate story between us, but do you remember Koi fam? Yeah. 
yeah, Koi's the freaking man. I love that kid. Uh, we had a lot of classes together, and we would always sit next to each other because, you know, we also really like sports, and he would come to a lot of the pickup football games that were put together. And he really loved Maurice Jones-Drew. Like, he loved the Maurice Jones-Drew. That was, like, his favorite player. And at the time, he knew I was a big Bears fan. And once again, this is before I was a big Devin Hester fan. He was like, oh, are you happy with that? pick that the bears had in like the second or third round it was around the same time it was in the same round or same couple of picks as where maurice jones drew was drafted and he was like oh that devin hester guy and i was like oh yeah i mean at the time i knew a little bit about him he was more of like a corner uh back a cornerback but like a gadget returner gimmicky guy from the u uh miami and so i was like i mean yeah like i feel he'll be explosive and blah 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 but as the season went on of course i started to pay more and more attention to devin hester i was like oh my god this guy is really good like it's crazy he just plays special teams but Darren I'm sure you could be positive and saying he was probably like their best offensive weapon even though he just played special teams <laughs> the Bears offense is going to score points it was either Erlacher or Lance Briggs returning a pick six or something like that or Devin has scoring a touch return or kickoff return or that's it there, there's no other ways that team is going to get points because Rex Grossman wasn't going to do it yeah absolutely it's not really that different than today I mean <laughs> It's kind of the same same situation 15 years later. As soon as Tariq Cohen went down, I was like, oh, there goes the whole offense. It's over. <laughs> it's done. There's that gimmicky player that the Bears always needed for, like, a jump start. But, you know, so we kept talking about more and more. And then uh, it, it almost became a meme because I would always just jokingly tell Coy. Mauricio Shoe was phenomenal, by the way. Um, and as the seasons went on, of course, Evan Hester didn't have as great output as we wanted. He was still good in special teams, but I know they also tried him at receiver. He wasn't very good. So it almost became a meme. And I kept saying, sorry, Coy, but like Devin Hester's at least going to make the Hall of Fame. Maurice Jonju is good, but you know, that's all he's ever going to be, which at the time was a joke because like I said, if people were playing fantasy football at that time, Maurice Jonju was the 101. He was yeah. phenomenal. And I was just joking and saying, but now looking back, I'm like, holy crap the meme and the way I would kind of uh, pick on Koi, it's funny because now it's a very real reality where Devin Hester may end up in Canton and Mauricio and Drew may not, you know? So I think that's just kind of funny. Yeah, now he's just like a bowling ball analyst on the NFL <laughs> Network. Dude, he's so fat now, which is weird because he looks almost exactly how it looked like in pads. Like, I remember seeing... Or like watching yeah, clips, just it's just fat. like a little, yeah. But the <laughs> weird part is like in the locker room where he would like have his shoulder pads, he's jacked. And I was like, oh my God, he doesn't look fat like with the jersey on. But now as an analyst, with, yeah, he's now he's really, really fat. But I think all he really does is like play Madden. I swear all his segments has him playing Madden. I'm like, what is he doing? Yeah, he just eats snacks and plays Madden. It's, I mean, he's got he has life wide. figured out, right? <laughs> he does. <laughs> but no, no, but. I am going to end this now because I want to get this exported out to all the guys. I feel like it might be a little bit during the beginning of the five o'clock game, but uh, is there any last things you wanted to add there? Um, I just want to say good luck to you. I hope I get that first round by and good luck to Chuck for the narrative. I know everyone's rooting against him, but I want to see it for the narrative. Wow. Right here. You heard it here. Darren is a fan of Chuck, which I feel like is nice because I feel like the past week I've not been like a bully against Chuck because Chuck obviously knows I love him. Not that he listens to this podcast, but, um, you know, I was trying to build that narrative. It's Joe against the world. But in reality, I feel like everyone's pulling for Joe and hoping Chuck fails. But hey, it's nice to know that Chuck has a fan. <laughs> yeah, he's got, I think he's only got one. <laughs> just, just the one. But 
Uh, with all that being said, uh, let's pray that Lamar Jackson just pops off then. And uh, in actuality, what I'm going to be praying for is who, who are we cheering for? Dalton, Dalton uh, Schultz and Debo. Debo and Dalton Schultz. That's who I'm yeah. watching tonight. And if they pop off, I'm going to be going nuts in the chat. So with all that being said, thanks for joining. And let's just hope that my predictions come true with Schultz and uh, Debo.